1: Hey guys, this is part two with Angelina Love. Last time we left off, we wanted to talk so much more about a lot of different things. So we brought her back on. We're going to complete the whole thing, that everything we want to talk about. So how are you doing, Angelina? Good.
2: Doing wonderful. It's hard to do like an entire interview in an hour. I can't do an interview in an hour, especially when you get to talking and you get to then memories come up and you bring up this and you bring up that. It's like you can't do everything in an hour.
1: Yeah. And like... I mentioned this uh, a couple of weeks ago. I had Shane Helms on, and in like the thing, I said the description. I said he's such a natural storyteller, and when you have somebody like that on, you can't do it in an hour. And that's much like oh, yeah. you as well, you're a natural storyteller as well, where you're like, oh, I remember this and this and this, and then other things start coming, and you have so many details. So it's yeah. hard to do in an hour. I totally agree. Yeah. But one of the big things that we wanted to talk about, because we didn't really, we touched on it, but we really didn't get to talk about much, was your time, your time in ROH, which is still happening, as we said now. And you started April 6, 2019, at the G1 Super Show. You and Velvet appear out of nowhere to come down with Mandy Leon, and you guys kind of interrupted Kelly Klein's celebration. What was up with that?
2: So I don't know if you know this, but this. This is not my first time in Ring of Honor.
1: Right. Uh, I
2: did I did a few shows for Ring of Honor uh, mid 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with Jimmy Jacobs and Prince Nana in the Embassy, mm-hmm. uh, just like a manager. Um, and I only did a few shows uh, and then I, and then that's right when I got hired by WWE and then I went off to developmental. So I remember um, ring of honor was supposed to have a show December 26th. So boxing day, 2004, but like right before Christmas was when dreamer called me and said I was getting hired. So then I had to call Gabe
0: mm-hmm. at the
2: time and let Gabe know that I couldn't do it. And he was cool. He was like, Oh no, that's great. Congratulations. And like, yeah, no worries. blah blah." blah. So for me, It's really, it's really cool because I feel like working in Ring of Honor now, it's like a total come full circle thing, you know, like it was the first like name company that I worked for back, you know, I was four years in the business in 2004 and now it's like I'm back there now 20 years, well, 15 years later, technically, like it's really cool to have gone and like worked there and then done this and this and this and this and this and this all in between and then I end up back. Um, But it's really, it's a good fit. It's a good fit um right now the schedule is great and everybody's really cool too like you know so many people in wrestling just like know each other but there was actually a lot of people on the Ring of Honor I'd never Ring of Honor roster I'd never met cuz mm-hmm. a lot of people just come right up from the Dojo onto the roster so it was cool to actually be able to meet people in the business that I had not known previously mm-hmm. um and everybody's really cool like I just love the locker room and what's really cool about Ring of Honor is Everybody gives a hundred percent every show. Like, it's not like, Oh, it's a house show. But you know, it's, it's just a house show or it's just, mm-hmm. a house show or it's just, there's only this many people here or whatever. You know what I mean? Like everybody goes balls to the wall, every show. And it makes me a fan. And I love after being 20 years in the business, still getting like that kind of fan feeling or still getting goosebumps when you see something happening or still popping for something. That's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really cool, and it's really fun. Like, everybody's laid back, easy. Um, and, yeah, so we knew um, probably, what have been? What did we know? Uh, like three weeks before. Okay. I want to say three to four weeks before we debuted. I was actually up in Toronto visiting my family, and um, Velvet and Bubba FaceTimed me. Mm -hmm. Um, and they had kind of, because Bubba was still in Ring of Honor at the time, and they kind of, like, gave me the information, like, hey, this is what's going to happen, you guys are getting contracts, and we're going to debut at Supercard, and we were like, oh, my God! Like, because we were, Velvet and I were, we always do WrestleCon, so we were already going to be there Mm -hmm. um, with Richie uh, doing uh, Super, what, WrestleCon. So, um, we were already going to be in that area, Um, and then we were doing a, we were helping Kip host a like fan interactive kind of sports bar. We were watching um, like NXT kind of night. It was cool. Yeah. So um and then they were doing giveaways and stuff like that. And uh and then yeah like we did WrestleCon then this Sunday no Saturday. And then uh, what's cool is like you know Bubba he's been wrestling forever done basically he knows people in higher places he had um, cops come like NYPD come pick us up me and velvet and then and he was doing he was doing busted open somewhere so we got picked up by a cop at replicon and then we got in the van and then the van kind of went all the crazy back ways through manhattan to pick up bubba and then what's really crazy i don't really think anybody knows this but when we were when we once we picked up bubba we were going to msg to go in the back way but then a call came in for the for the yeah, who's it like? So it came in because we're like in a cop van, and yes. it was like all of a sudden we're driving down like this narrow ass little pathway between two big buildings, and then out of like just kind of out of the side, almost out of nowhere, like she gets this call on the radio, and it's you know it's just numbers and letters, right? Like whatever right. the code yes. is, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like. Up beside our van, like three to four cop cars, NYPD cars, just Arr! and park, just come screeching up beside us. And they park. And she's like, blah, 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 blah. And then she gets, and every every cop that was in those cars that screeched up beside us, they get out, guns drawn, and go running past our van. And then she's like, she just tells Bubba, and Bubba's like, yeah, yeah, go. And we're just like, what's going on? What's going on? And there was, a, like, somebody with a gun or a knife or something that was down the road behind
1: us -hmm.
2: and somebody had called the cops obviously um so that's why so everybody had pulled up around where we were because it was just behind us and we but it was crazy to see all these nypd cops just pull up but i mean they just pull up you know they just stop and run and then you know guns drawn and they're running past us and we're like oh my god oh my god oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like you know downtown manhattan like but something had happened and then so we're just kind of sitting there in the van like Holy shit! And, you know we're watching them, but they all go run around the corner, and it was something like somebody had a gun or somebody had a knife, and they were in the middle of the street. It was very close to MSG too. Wow. Um But then we could hear on the radio like you know suspect apprehended, because uh, I guess that just goes through on all of the radios. Yeah. And then she ended up coming back, and quite a few of the the cops came back, and we were and we were all sitting there like, <gasps> Yeah, yeah like, okay? So really? That was oh. so scary. Yeah. And she came back in and she, she just basically told us what it was. And then she was like, all right, let's go. Like, it's just like another part of the day being a cop in Manhattan. And then she drove us up to um the kind of like the backside part of MSG. And then we walked in and it was like, it's so amazing. I have the coolest video on my phone. Cause you know, we can't, we wanted to post stuff, but you can't, cause no one was supposed to know we were there. So we right. did keep it a secret for about three weeks, which was good. Good on us. Um, but, like, we'd even seen Jay Lethal during the day at WrestleCon and, like, hung out with him and took pictures with him and stuff like that. And we've known him forever. We couldn't even tell yeah. him, you know. Yeah. But then we got in there and then he sees us backstage and he's like, Briss! And I'm like, hey! <laughs> um, it was really cool like everybody was very open arms and and welcoming and you know what's awesome is a lot of the guys on the roster was like no this is great that you guys are here like you know you're you're established you're well known you have so much that you can you know give to the women's division and help the women's division and just bring more as a whole so it's always cool to have that support just like when we were in the knockouts division you know having kurt angle and sting and christian and all the guys supporting us was just like it's a big deal you know so it was the same with ring of honor and it was you know, it's cool to meet new people and see new, you know, uh, see old friends. And it was cool because this MSG is so big and it's just such a big arena. It's almost got that echo, you know, yeah. that aura. It's like, gosh, the top seats are like so high up and it's just so big and open. And the way they did it too, I took a video during the day when they were just like setting things up and, you know, Taven and Liesl and they were going over the ladder match. And um, But then backstage, I think it was after we did our debut um it was really cool because the stage was so high up you you had to walk up about eight or nine or 10 stairs to get up to the stage so the backstage part was really down behind it so I got this video where um i think there was two japanese guys having a match and i just kind of went backstage and i could pretty much do a 360 and get the big you know jumbotron thing that hangs from the middle of the yeah. ceiling and stuff like that And it was just like you know you can hear the fans but it kind of echoes in the arena because it's just you know it was like it was awesome it was to, to be able to have the msg experience and then you know we went and took a picture In the elevator, that's the elevator where that Madison Square Garden thing is that everybody takes a picture in front of. We got that. We got the T-shirt. So we're like, (laughs) this is awesome.
1: (laughs) It's a a rite of passage for wrestlers.
2: Yeah. It's nice. to. It's a little bucket list thing. You know, it's it's cool after 20 years to be still be able to check something off your bucket list.
1: That's amazing. And I mean, Mm so that was 2019. Obviously, you were there for that entire year, obviously, up until when COVID happened. You became a woman of honor world champion for one time while you were there as well, becoming a seven-time world champion. I mean, that's got to be quite another thing on your bucket list, I'm sure, to check off. Like, doing it once, twice, three times, of course, is amazing. But once you get up to seven, I mean, you're becoming up there with, like, the Mickey James and the Trish's who are just icons.
2: And they did it without WWE.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> Which is cool.
2: But, yeah, it's it's, it's really awesome because – I've always put my heart and soul into my, into my work and into my craft. And when you're recognized for that, you know, that's, that's a big deal. Um, Mm -hmm. When people put that trust in you to be the name and the person to put this championship on, to lead this division, that's really cool. And like I said, just those bucket list things and just been from doing this for so long, it's, it's really uh, makes me proud of myself that, you know 19 at that time 19 years but you know now 20 years into the business that people are still like yep this is this is the this is our girl this is our woman this is our champ this is the one that we want to have doing this and that that means a lot you know what I mean to Mm -hmm. to have that still after 20 years
1: and well I mean I think it's very much deserved I mean look at the things that you've done previously in your careers we've already talked about you know being with the beautiful people but even on your own you've done big things so for you to become a seven-time world champion to me is, I mean, it's only seems like it's the right path for any company that has you aboard. Thank you. And 2021 will be eight times. Yes. That's what I was going to bring up because they did retire <laughs> the Women of Honor Championship, but now they're bringing the well, I don't really know. ROH- I don't really know if it
2: was necessarily retired, but yeah. Well that's
1: what it it, that's what it says on the internet. They said they changed okay. the name of the title and the new inaugural Ring of Honor women's world champion will be D Yeah, so there's
2: there's no there's no women of honor division anymore. It's the Ring of Honor Women's Division, which is mm-hmm. awesome.
1: So the new championship will be the
2: Ring of Honor women's championship. Yes. So I we were supposed to have that tournament mm-hmm. this year, but you know, didn't happen obviously. I uh, so I, I feel like they're gonna try to get that happening somehow in 2021 however we get that going
0: you know um
2: we do need some more women yeah um and we do need to get the the championship going so i, I think that'll happen next year i'm pretty sure that'll happen next year well
1: i mean or this year, year
2: depending on when you drop the podcast <laughs> yeah it's
1: in january but it's okay okay and, so uh, this year yeah, this year, next year, it's all it's all in the same. It's like that weird space of time where it's like this year, next year, uh, you know. It's, a couple purg- of it's, pur-
2: it's pretty much purgatory between Christmas <laughs> and New Year's.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But like I was saying, with, in 2020, 2021, already there's so many women in pro wrestling compared to 20 years ago, compared to 15 years ago, compared to even 10 years ago. Now, I feel like women's wrestling has really taken on in the independent scene, especially, especially, but even in some of the bigger companies, it's more like women are more determined and more willing to get in there and do whatever it takes to become a pro wrestler, whereas maybe in the past, many people didn't do that. And now, so like you're saying Ring of Honor needs more women. I know they have their dojos. I know there's lots of women who would die at an opportunity to be on an ROH show. I mean, me – when I, I was way too green, I, I openly admit that, especially now when I had, when I worked at ROH, they were on HDNet TV, and it was one of the first shows that had women's wrestling. It was me and Sarah Del Rey versus Nevea and um, Daisy Hayes, and I mm-hmm. was way too green to be there, and I messed up. It was a disaster, but, like, I know in retrospect, like, I wish I would have made more out of that opportunity because Ring of Honor is such a high place for women's wrestling to begin with. I mean, what it could have should have, like, like, those bra and panty matches. They've always respected women's wrestling.
2: Yeah. I mean, what it could have should have. Like, everybody has those moments in their career. You know what I mean? Um, I, I mean, when I got released from WWE, I, you know, I thought my life was over. Like, I was 25, and I had always, since I was a kid, seen myself being a WWE diva, you know. But then once I went to TNA, and then once Velvet and I did everything that we did with the beautiful people, you know, hindsight's 20-20 or 50-50, if you ask Cam Newton. Um, <laughs> and, it was like, I, I, like that's what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. And we needed to be the two girls to do it. That could not have happened if I went, if I was in, if I made it in WWE. Of course. We had, we had to do the beautiful people. We were the right people at the right time, the right place, the right time in wrestling, you know, that was our thing. And that has been how we've made that household name for ourselves. Cause we were on Spike TV, you know, Spike TV, everybody was watching Spike TV. It was like impact was on. And then the ultimate fighter, you know, was on after kind of a thing. Like we were rocking and rolling at that time. So, um, you know, like, the, the woulda coulda shoulda things like you know I always wanted to have my Wrestlemania moment and I probably won't and like I've pretty much come to terms with that you know what I mean because I when I got released from WWE I had no idea like the past that was coming for me at TNA but now that like I'm done with that too looking back at it it's like oh like that's what we were supposed to, that was our that was our big thing we didn't need WWE to be able to become a known name right which is nice to have Nothing yes. against WWE, but you know what I mean? A lot of people think you have to be there, and it's like
1: you don't. Well, now, especially now, there's so many companies out there on TV that you can do your own thing. Like you said, you you had Impact you were the, or TNA. You were there at the right time, and everything worked out perfectly for you. But for other people, it may be a different company. It may be AEW, mm-hmm. maybe Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. You know, some people may not reach that WWE dream, and even if they don't, that doesn't mean that they haven't done the best of their abilities. Yeah, it doesn't
2: mean they're a failure. They're yeah, exactly. a failure. They haven't, like, if you wanted to be a professional wrestler and you have one match.
1: Mm-hmm. Technically, you've reached that dream.
2: Yeah. If you want, if you wanted to be a wrestler, you wanted to get in the ring and you wanted to have a match and you do it one time, you did it. Mm-hmm. So anything past that is, like, bonus, yeah. you know?
1: Oh, I definitely agree. And so you are, obviously, we know Velvet Sky has retired. Obviously, she has her own things going on. But you and Mandy Leone are still in the Allure, Ring of Honor. What do we have to look forward to in 2021 when Ring of Honor brings you guys back in? Um, doc- well, we are
2: filming. So they, they have been filming. Um, they've been doing a lot of stuff with the guys. They brought the pure title back. They've been filming just kind of in chunks as they can, just once a month with a ton of precautions. Um, so we're filming in January. Um and then I'll be going in for that. So we'll be doing that. So, you know, we need to do new videos. We need to do new pictures. You know, we need to do all the things because it's been, but come that time, it'll have been 11 months. Like yeah. the last show that we did, or at least that I did, was February 29th in St. Louis.
0: <laughs> so yeah.
2: by the time we go back, it'll be mid-January. So technically 11 months. And Ring of Honor, you know, I have nothing but good things to say. Like they took care of everybody during the whole COVID thing. Like we all got paid. We all got paid. We were all very well taken care of. So we're all very blessed and thankful for that. Um, so going forward, I do see them trying to get the, the women's tournament done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like, it, it's not just a catchphrase to say it's the best wrestling on the planet. Like, it really is. And mm-hmm. you can't find, you, I, you just can't find people who work harder. I mean, like, just from what I see in the locker room that I'm in, it's just every night I'm just like, wow, 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 wow. Like, everyone just went, like, just falls to the wall like full force just and for, it's, it's and there you know and everybody I give everybody in wrestling credit right now because you know as a wrestler it is so
1: hard yeah to
2: just wrestle and not have a crowd not have fans not have that interaction not have that energy to feed off of and everybody WWE to everybody you know ring about. up yes. everybody's killing it in the wrestling business right now because they're all having to do it in front of nobody and that is so hard it's yeah, so hard to do
1: you take like let's say you have a big bump that you're taking like off the top rope or, or whatever and it's like usually when you fall and there's a crowd there they bring you back up like that spirit like that they have and the interaction and everything that brings you back up you're easier to like get back going again but when you have pure silence after you hear yourself take that bump you're like wait now i gotta get up again <laughs> yeah like
2: when i watch some of the when i watch like what the guys in roh have been doing like i think mm-hmm. uh Vinny and Taven did something with the table and I just watched that bump and I'm like, Oh, it hurts a hundred times more. Just yeah. watching. Cause you know, like, like when I wrestled Maria at final battle last year, mm-hmm. um, 2019, like when I, when she basically just gorilla pressed me and onto the announce table, I just kind of bounced off and ping ponged off the chairs and laid it on the floor. If I didn't, if we didn't have like the crowd and the adrenaline and the energy and like the, this is awesome. And the Holy shit chant and stuff like that. Like, you're not going to see me doing
1: that yeah you're going to still (laughs) be like in front of nobody
2: because that table bump would probably break me in half like there's just something about having fans and the energy there and the interaction that is like so important as a performer
1: A 100 percent, i agree on that like i don't honestly i mean in wrestling we know that there's customs and like it's it's a completely different world but i can only imagine when you're going into an actual match and you're taking like different bumps than what you would say a custom. If you guys don't know what a custom is, it's when somebody buys a video of you and somebody else and they pretty it's much
2: it's basically it. somebody from home making yeah. their own match and yeah. some and whoever books it gets the people together and we get paid and we film it and it goes to that person who yeah. wants it. Uh when we would do when we would do when we would do Lexi's, and she'd be like, oh, this, I'd be like, girl, I not no bump,
1: like, oh, I'll yeah, do like exactly. a 10-minute
2: headlock match or whatever, but you want me to bump in that ring? Like, that hurts.
1: Yeah. And, of course, Lexi has, uh, I do believe it's a boxing ring, so it's a bit smaller and stuff. So Was it boxing. a box? Okay. Yeah. So I'm not, I know there's been many places I've done costumes. Those were fun, though. Boxes. And
2: you know what's cool about that is, like, people can shit on those all they want, but I watch Lexi help so many girls buy oh, yeah. groceries, pay their rent have money that they needed. Everybody had fun. And it was cool too. It was, like, it was like a convention where like, oh, we haven't seen this person in two years or I've never met this person or oh, I haven't seen this person in five years. And, you know, everybody gets to get together and she makes food and you get to hang out and chit-chat and make new friends and catch up with the old and all that kind of stuff. And it was really cool.
1: And sometimes Lexi would put together like these like miniature dream matches. Like never in my life did I think that I would wrestle Leilani Kai. And then I got to do it at customs at Lexi's. And I was just like, this is probably, like, the coolest thing, like, next, like, sensational Sherry, or, like, Trish Stratus, this is, like, my, like, highest point in my life, because, I mean, I'm so, like, especially Sherry, I'm so old school with that, so, like, oh, Leilani Kai, oh, my God, you know, Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, those are always fun, but, yeah, like, um, with yeah with ring about i'm looking forward to because i miss everybody yeah it really is it really is a really cool roster where you're like oh i kind of miss like getting in the van and driving with people and you know hanging out after the shows and stuff Mm -hmm. like it's just really fun and really cool people so um and like i said they've been taking care of all of us we're just so blessed to have all kept our jobs and all been paid Mm -hmm. so uh, i'm really 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 looking forward to going back to work
1: oh I can imagine yeah speaking and speaking of other work that you've done I mean you are like multi-talented in just everything that you do I mean we talked earlier about you being uh, a esthetician and all that but you also do acting on the side and I know I put it in my story around Christmas time that you were on Christmas with a view yeah. which is a movie that was released in 2018 I had never seen it. I'm sitting here watching this this little love story on Netflix and I'm like Oh my God! There's Angelina <laughs> as one of those fantasies.
2: That was so fun. Um, yeah. So this, and it, you know, I blah, blah, blah. there's just so much that I've been able to do in my life that I just attribute to my career in wrestling. Like yeah. wrestling has helped me meet this person. Like I met Dee Snyder at you know a horror con one time, and it's like. Snyder. or like you know I met this person or this person and like Feruza Balk and like I walked up to her and I'm like I loved you in the craft oh my god like uh, didn't, you know, yeah and she was so sweet too so um you know wrestling has uh, given me just the coolest opportunities I met Head from Corn. The guitarist from Corn, who yeah. like I was so in love with when I was 14. Like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, like the freak on the leash video. Like, and I got to meet him and he was the wrestling and He was super cool. And like, I don't know, it was just like, but doing stuff like, uh, like acting. Mm-hmm. Um, that so that's a Canadian crew and a Canadian, cause it's a whole Canadian done movie. Um, Brigitte Kingsley and Andrew, was either Simic or Simic. I was, I, in my head, it's always Simic when I see it, but they are married. Um, Andrew does like editing and producing and directing, and Brigitte does directing, she does talent relations um, and, and acting herself. Um, and they are just some of the nicest. People and I'll tell you what, I do like acting a little bit more than wrestling because, like, when you do fight scenes and stuff, you can miss by this much, but the camera (laughs) angle makes it seem like you know, I mean, all you got to do is act like you're getting hit, and like, you know, it's uh, but just everybody with the crews with those movies, they just seem to always get the nicest people like, the nicest people. No one's grumbly bumbly about their job or what they have to do. It's like everybody from top to bottom and in between is so nice. And so easy to work with and everyone is so well taken care of and do it. So I started off with them because I want to say in 2009, the more had hit me up because Christian actually worked with them. They had okay. this series this they had this series called dark rising and it was like a,
1: yes, I saw you were in that as well.
2: Right. So that's kind of sci-fi comedy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, Christian was in, they did two straight-to-DVD movies, but they did, like, their own little premiere at a small theater in Toronto, and Demore asked if I wanted to go, because Christian had invited him, and he knew that I was up visiting family when I was on break from TNA, um, and so he had invited me to go to this premiere, and I saw Christian there, and his, his wife, and then Bridget and Andrew were there, and, you know, after the movie, they got up, and they did a little speech and stuff, and then we all went out to, like, you know, a restaurant to eat and stuff like that. And I got to kind of meet and talk with them. And they just liked my look. They knew what I was doing in TNA. They liked my character and stuff like that. So they wanted to work with me. So it was probably a year to a year and a half before they re- were starting a new project and then came up with, they did Dark Rising 2. And right just at the very, very, very end of the movie, I just kind of did like a little pop-in thing. And then that led to, um, so that went straight to DVD. And then they did a like TV show. Mm-hmm. called dark rising warrior of worlds and when i quit tna in i think it was july, june 2012 i started working with them in july mm-hmm. and so i was going uh back and forth to canada to film and i'd be up there for like two weeks like we would be like four hours north of toronto like north 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 because it's just like cheaper to film up there right yeah and we were just and i was working with um Colin Mockery, who's like a huge comedian, he was on Whose Line Is It Anyway, he's a huge, yeah, he is a huge Canadian comedian, I was like, I was working with him every day, so another cool thing, like, oh my god, now I'm acting, and I'm acting with Colin Mockery, who I used to watch on Whose Line Is It Anyway, and he's super cool, and so Brigitte and Andrew and I just became very, very close, because like I said, they're just such nice, sweet people, and it's like, every single actor they pick, and every camera person and every you know microphone holder and all the just everybody is just so nice and it's just such a fun experience and then her and I were doing fight scenes and we had like a professional like fight coordinator like helping us put our scenes together she would hop in a wrestling ring and I'd teach her how to bump and all that kind of stuff like she hopped in with fuego and stuff like that just to learn yeah so it was really cool um so we did that and that became like a few part series Mm-hmm. um which but that was only available to watch in canada on the super channel at the time and then um then yeah brigitte just called me up we filmed it december 2017 and then it was produced and everything all of the following and then it was released on netflix november like november 1st or whenever like the christmas yeah. starts with the movies it was released on netflix and um I got to work with Patrick Duffy who was the dad on step-by-step and I used to watch step-by-step that was on my Friday night lineup, you know, boys world step-by-step home improvement. So once again, just something cool. Um, and everybody was so nice. I think Jane Walton or Joan Walters, she was like from the young and the restless or something like that. And she'd been on that show for like 20, 30 years, something like that. She was the mom on the show. And then I got to meet some really cool Canadian actors and, um, you know, Brigitte and I, we normally we just kind of stepped over when we did comedy we just did like you know silly dumb blonde kind of comedy we, <laughs> yeah. we were the comedy in, in the movie and yeah. it's funny too because when i watched like we filmed so many more like ridiculously funny scenes <laughs> that they didn't use but it would have but those movies are so hallmark you know they're like that it's the romant, it's the romantic christmas movie you yeah. know but i think if they had have used everything we filmed people would have might have thought it was too silly or too comedic and you know that genre is just you know it's like a genre in its own so but I mean we just had a blast and of course I I couldn't believe it like I had to go up I went up and filmed for like a day or two one week and then I went back then I came back down here you know my son was only a year and a half old at the time um, and then I went up back up again for like another day or two the following week just to finish. So I only really did like three or four days of actual filming for that. But I always get sick once a winter. So far this winter, I'm doing good. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, and I always lose my voice and there's 52 weeks in the year. And that week, literally two days before I flew up to Canada to go film, like sick, oh, no, no voice, no voice at all. Like at all. I couldn't even get out a week and in my head I'm like there's 365 days in the year and that couldn't have ha- couldn't have happened in February or July or last week like re- so I went there and I remember like they were just like we'll try to work around it like we'll figure it out and what was really cool was one of the one of the ladies I don't know if she was like a
1: producer or so she
2: was doing something behind the scenes but she had done a lot of stuff with rock bands And so she knew what to get for singers who would like lose their voice or have a throat problem. And she sent a runner to like somewhere like a shopper's drug market or something. I don't know where it was. And they got this like ancient Chinese molasses elixir thing for your, and it was like thick. Like you could, it would barely even fall off a spoon if you like scooped it up and held it upside down. Like it was so thick and it was God awful. But because I had no voice. Like, when I went into where Brigitte was doing makeup and we were doing wardrobes, she was like, like, I couldn't, I was like, like, I could barely yeah. even whisper. And they were like, well, let's get you some tea. Let's get you all these things for your throat. Right. And I was, like, eating hauls. And so the first part that we filmed was where we saw Shane at the desk. And we both kind of like popped our head around the corner. And then yeah. when he walked yeah. off, we kind of fall. So we weren't really making any noises, but little squeaks and squeals. And Brigitte did most of that. So that was like the first thing that we kind of got out of the way. And then I had, I took like a, a half a spoon or a spoonful of that stuff. And I was like, it was so gross. And once we got to the scene where we were sitting at the restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, asking the, the actors to go get us this. I probably had about 40 to 50% of my voice back at that point. So that scene you can like you can hear my voice. It sounds terrible, but you might just think I kind of just have a naturally raspy voice. But I wish I could have had like this voice, like right now. Um but that stuff literally helped me get enough voice back to do that scene where we were, you know, in the in the restaurant waiting for the chef to come see us. So you can hear my voice is like garbage during that scene. But that was like me using like every force in my body to like you know get some volume out. And then by the time I went back the following week to film the rest of the stuff that we filmed, like I probably had about 80%. Like I still had a little raspiness, but I had a ton more of my natural voice back. So, um, but I was just like, really? 52 (laughs) weeks in the year had to be this week, huh? Like really? Wow. that But that is, that is not. So, um, yeah, and I just kind of pimp it out every year. Like, you know, I we yeah. went crazy with pimping it out Christmas season 2018. Last year yeah. I, I pimped it out. Every year I kind of have to pimp it out because I want people to see it. Because Not just because I'm in it, but it's actually, like, really cute. It's not like one of those, like, uber cheesy Christmas movies where, like, you know, the girl kisses the frog and it turns into her Christmas prince or, you know, something like that. Like, yeah. it's actually cute. It's actually funny. I don't oh, yeah, know I really
1: enjoyed it. enjoyed it, too.
2: Yeah, and Brigitte and I always talk about like we need to do a Janice and Janice spin off. Like it just needs oh, to be like like that. like dumb blonde, like simple life, um, <laughs> you know, like Reese Witherspoon kind of just comedy. So we talked about it all the time. Maybe it'll happen one day, but that would be great. They were like, We didn't know you did comedy and I'm like, Yeah, I'm ridiculous. Like, how'd you not know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you but they were happy to it see that because people- normally
2: I would Normally I would do the heel, yeah, um, and we I would be like the evil one, and we would do fight scenes. So this was nice. We were both just kind of like light and comical, and you know, airhead kind of thing, and it was it was really funny. So, well,
1: yeah, because everybody from wrestling knows you as being, you know, the badass with Ring of Honor, the beautiful people. You were like the mean girls, so everybody expects you to be like this, like heel or just like this devastating person to be around, and you are like in real life and in this movie just as like bubbly like character that's you know friends with everybody basically
2: yeah yeah and what's really (laughs) cool one one thing I'll never forget was it was uh, September 2008 it was me and Taylor Wilde for the knockout championship in Oshawa Ontario which is where I went to college we were literally like eight minutes away from like my dorm where we stayed in the college that I went to, so I probably between family and old buddies from college, I invited I invited like 42 people, I humped like 42 people to come <laughs> to that pay-per-view. And um, me and Taylor Wilde wrestled, so it was like you know Canadian versus Canadian. We trained yeah. together, like we knew it was gonna be awesome, we knew it was gonna be easy. But me and Kevin Nash, they had had us go up to Toronto about. This three or five days early just to do big media tours, big Mm -hmm. media tours. We did like, um, the fight TV when it was just a radio network. Yeah. Um, we did that. We did like all these things. And Kevin Nash got my mom drunk, which is like one of my favorite stories. My mom does not drink, but it's like Kevin Nash is like a wine connoisseur. Like anybody who knows them knows that. Yeah. So we went out, I think he, he might've had come whoever was with us. I think it was Ross. Might've had the company credit card. I can't remember, but I had my parents, Come down because I just when I can I like to give my family a little bit of a different experience of mm-hmm. the cool things that I get to do from just their everyday daily life you know yes. so like I had my parents come stay with me at my hotel in you know Toronto and like obviously they couldn't come with me for media but they could just hang out and do whatever they wanted in Toronto mm-hmm. during the day and then when we were done Ross would take me and Nash out to dinner and I had my parents meet us there and you know Kevin Nash it's super shredder it's freaking Diesel yeah. Kevin Nash you know what I mean so my, you know my like, dad. My dad is just like the most personable, happy-go-lucky, positive, always smiling, can't-get-a-mad kind of person. He's just like him and hoeing and laughing and smiling and, you know, tears with Nash. And my mom's just like, oh, my God. And, you know, my mom can literally have like one glass of wine and be three sheets to the wind, Just like, and, you know, she's not going to not drink. Right. And Kevin Nash is like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. Kevin Nash has a way with his voice where he just says it and you're like, okay. like yeah. He like mesmerizes people. So, my mom had like you know, my parents were drinking with him, and I'm watching them like, this is awesome. like this is so good. <laughs> and my mom always kind of talks about it, and she kind of blushes and chuckles like cause she got me drunk. And I was like I want me one glass of red wine. <laughs> but to my mom, you know, that was getting drunk and stuff. And that's something that she still to this day like chuckles about, and she'll always remember my dad would be like, "Oh, yeah, it was so cool It was like a three hundred dollars bar tab, and you know whatever. But I just like to give those little tiny little experiences like when 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 we were in t n a. And it was on Spike TV I remember me and Velvet we went to a UFC show I think it was Fort Bragg. it okay. was on a military it was on like a military base kind of thing it was for military in North Carolina and my sister you know she wasn't married with kids at the time so I flew her down and we picked her up I think Shane I think Shane and Val were together. And we went and we were like third row from the case. I was able to bring my sister to like a UFC pay-per-view, you know, on a military base. And, you know, we met Dana White and we went backstage and all that kind of stuff. I think Brock was there. Um, You know that's something that my sister would never do, but I I like to just just little things where I'm like, come experience this. Like it's so extra cool. Like it's become part of my life, but it's like extra cool and super outside for them, you know. So I like to kind of be able to do those those little things with them when I can too. So my mom used to carry my trading card in her purse when we had trading cards when we first got them with teenagers, and she'd whip it out anyone be like that's my daughter you know so once this you know Netflix show was on you know just everybody she knew she was telling about that she'd post about it on Facebook and stuff like that so always had a ton of support too so but I love acting it's so fun you get paid so much more (laughs) and it's like and you don't get hurt because every punch is like you know, this far away, it just goes, you know, it's like, it's a, it's, it's super fun. And I've just been blessed to work with like the coolest people,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the nicest people. So yeah, can't complain.
1: <laughs> Definitely. I mean, like I said, that surprised me. Cause like, I mean, I've been friends with you for a long time now, but like, I guess I never like went like saw it and went and watched it, but now like I watched it and like, it took me by surprise. And I was like, Oh, that's my girl. Doing a yeah. thing. I love it. So fun. But the point the point I was
2: getting at with doing the media with Nash, I just remembered. Oh no. Um, was when we when we went and did the fight T V radio show. Mm-hmm. I was just talking back and forth with the the DJ like I was like I am with you. Yeah. And he just kinda of stopped and he was like, you know, I'm just kind of shocked. He goes, You're actually like a really nice person <laughs> and I just kinda of <laughs> laughed and I'm like, Yeah But he was but it was actually a compliment because he was like, Well, you're just he's like I didn't I truly honestly personally did not know what to expect because the, your character is so convincing on tv mm-hmm. that's what you expect to meet or to see in real yeah. life you don't you don't think like you know I guess he just really thought I was going to be a bitch and I was like oh god no like <laughs> like I mean we're women we all have bitchy sides of course but like yeah. oh my god if I was really Angelina Love in real life I'd have no friends like it would yeah. suck like No, but I was like, that's actually, like, you know, people think if they say that to you, it's an insult. And it's like, no, that just means I'm good at my job. I'm good at my character. You know, I I, always, I always remember that guy, because I feel like that was the first time that somebody was really like, wow, I just expected (laughs) you to be a horrible, awful person. And you're not.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. It's so funny, because I actually shared this uh, story with my husband the other day. And I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna share it with Angelina. He's like, no, no, you really should. And I'm like, okay. So we actually met. We of course we had our match, but we had met I think maybe two years prior to that, and I was just coming up in the wrestling. Indiana. Gym. No, it wasn't. It was at the Arnold Classic, and oh. in Columbus. And I was on that particular day. I was really really sick. I had um, I had gotten food poisoning the night before, but I was like, I'm oh. not going to miss this. I really want to go down because that's like. When you live in Ohio, the Arnold Classic is like the place to go when you, you really want to like network. So I'm like, sure. I was, I think my first match was coming up like the next weekend after. I'm like, I really just want to go network with people and stuff, even though I'm sick. It's not like a lot late. of
2: wrestlers. A lot of wrestlers go to the Arnold. A lot, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So I went down and I had I was getting um, food because I was not feeling very well. So I got food and I was sitting there. And my friend that was with me, Diana, she's like, hey, uh, there's Angelina Love and JBL sitting at that table over there. And I'm like, JBL? Yeah, Yeah, you were talking to JBL at a table.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. No, him him and I were cool in WWE, but I don't remember seeing him at the Arnold. But I must have seen him and gone and said hi or something.
1: Yeah, so I had had worked up my courage because at that time, you know, I'm just training. Like, my first match is a week later. So, like, meeting stars and being, like, part of the business was not, like, my thing, you know? So I walk over to you guys and I'm like, hey, my name's Stephanie. You know, I'm training. My first match is next week, or whatever the case was. And like, I sat down and I talked to you. Like, I turned my chair and was like, hi, Angelina, how are you? And da 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 And like, totally caved the hell out of uh, JBL. And I was like, I feel like such an asshole that I did that. <laughs> and my husband's like, that's hilarious. You should share that is story with her. <laughs> He's cool, just, though. Like, you sh- yeah, of course. But he's like, you shouldn't have probably kayfabed the hell out of him. But it's still cool because, like, you were women's wrestling with all that you cared about. And you were like, okay, hi, JBL. And I'm going to talk to Angelina. So, and mean, did, we, did we have a good convo? Yeah. You're like encouraging, of course, like, oh, okay, you know, good luck on your first match and all that kind of stuff. Because I told you I was working with uh, Madison Rain. Cause that's who I trained with, and it was my very first match. And I was like, "Yeah, so I'm gonna be wrestling Madison Rain next week." Of course, her name wasn't Madison Rain then. And you're like, "Oh, okay. oh you guys will have a great time," because obviously you had already known her from working with her and stuff. So I was, yeah. So that was the first time we actually met, and that's we so cool. I love Madison it. And everything, so it was good. Love it. Yeah. All right, well, Angelina, I don't want to keep you too long today, because I mean, we we could talk all day. Obviously, go easy. <laughs> But I want to thank you so much for coming on for part two. Thank you. Staff. And yep. uh, I can't wait to see what you what happens in the coming year with Ring of Honor and everything that you do. It's going
2: to be a good year. I think 2021 is going to be great for
1: the year as a whole. I think so, too. Every yeah. Everybody deserves it this, this coming year.
2: Yeah, we're all going to ascend to a higher level. And, you know, people always want to go back to what we had, you know what I mean, or talk about mm-hmm. the new normal. And it's like we don't want to go back to what we had. That all stops.
0: Mm -hmm. Cosmically,
2: for some reason, it wasn't working. There's a lot of things that were going on that we didn't know about and stuff like that. And it's like, I feel like a lot of things are getting drained and washed out and and cleaned up. And I think, I don't want to say new normal, I just think new era. It's going to be a new era in life and on planet Earth. And I just look forward to seeing like the sky's clear and everything get -hmm. better. And it will. It will. Everybody's, we just all have to ascend a little bit higher. Just look, look beyond the things that you see on the TV, stop watching the mainstream media. That's my advice. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? But just, just just, get above and beyond and open your mind and your third eye and think for yourself and look, you know, get in nature and all the good things. Hug your cat. You know yeah. what I mean? This, hug hug this, your kids.
1: <laughs> this year was a good year to so completely reevaluate the things that you were doing and now to a sense. Like I
2: feel, I feel like just – Without even talking about COVID or whatever, I feel like if you just look at it on a spiritual level, everybody just needed to stop. Mm -hmm. Just stop. Like, slow down. Stay at home. Read to your kid. Eat at the dinner table with your family. Ask them how their day was. Do you even know what your kid likes to do? Like, just get in touch with yourself and get in touch with your family more. And hopefully a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. and oh, use definitely. that and use that time to get to know their kids better or to you know to do you know memory making activities with them or stuff like that like I think it was just everybody it was just because everybody's just go 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 you're on your phone you got to work you got to go to sleep you got to do this from nine to five and the same thing the next morning you sit in traffic and everybody just it was I think it was a good time because as weird as the year was I had a great year Mm -hmm. like financially I did great like I literally re-signed a new contract with Ring of Honor as soon as the thing started like April 1st like you know I mean like as soon as it started I re-signed and got a raise and they took care of us the whole time and then just everything just I spent practically every day with my son like I got to just do just be with him and we didn't have him go to school this year you know from August until the end of the year because they were just like not even going to bother with it but it just gave us so much more family time and um time together me and him and just we did so much more stuff and just a lot of like our bond just strengthened so much this year too and I just hope that that did further people I think 2021 is going to be great I don't think come January 1st everything's going to oh, you know no. just but it'll it'll happen next year for sure I think right. everything will be everything will be better in a new in a different way
1: I totally agree with that so why don't you go ahead and you give your social media again so that everybody can follow if they don't already and yeah.
2: So Facebook is private, and sorry, people. Uh, and actually, my Instagram is private. I just made it private, um, but you can send me a request, and I can confirm you. Uh, it's a love the number four life two two two, and then my Twitter is at actual a love. All right, so, beautiful, pretty easy. Yep, and then and then check out. I think I was saying the the Honor Club app. Check out the Honor Club app. It's awesome. You can see everything we do. Everything's archived on there. It's like nine ninety nine a month, like anything else. So it's not expensive. Yeah. Um, and then rohwrestling.com all right for, well.
1: for all your ring of honor needs all right guys don't forget to go check those out and until next time bye guys time.
0: Bye. awesome
1: So glad that we could share some stories, and also you guys get to know Angelina a little bit behind the scenes, because obviously her character that she plays in Ring of Honor and she played in TNA is not exactly who you get in real life. She is such a sweetheart and so delighted to have her. So once again, thank you, Angelina, for being on the show, and also if you haven't heard already, Angelina and Velvet Sky are starting their own podcast, and the first episode comes out on Valentine's Day, of course, it's called The Beautiful Podcast, and you can go to Russo's brand.com and subscribe. And while you're subscribing, don't forget to subscribe here on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a second of Talking Sass. Also, it's the first of the month, so you know what that means. It's the best time to sign up for patreon.com slash sassysteffy to get all sorts of monthly exclusives, weekly exclusives even, and it all starts at $2 for a whole month of exclusive content, so make sure you go and check that out don't forget, social media as well, at Sassy Steffy on Twitter and on Instagram. Until next time, guys.
0: This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer, The Maestro, former Impact performer, Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor, Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality, Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room. Featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrator's Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro, both shows take callers live during the show. And recent guests have included General Adnan, Hito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Richard Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archived free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle. Nick Mick Foley, Joey Stiles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOCNation. This is
1: your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking